No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Ahab is randomly shot with an arrow in battle and dies. But is it really random? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Kings chapter 22 on Simply the Bible. Have you ever found yourself in a place you don't belong and then wonder how you got there? That's exactly what happened to King Jehoshaphat of Judah. We could say jumping Jehoshaphat because he jumped into a battle which was not his and no doubt he wished he could jump right out of it. It all began when he visited King Ahab of Israel and Ahab invited him to go to war against his perennial enemy Ben-Hadad of Syria. Jehoshaphat immediately said, well, can we inquire of a prophet of the Lord? And Ahab brought forth 400 prophets who were false prophets. And they all said, go, you will succeed. And Jehoshaphat said, isn't there a prophet of the Lord here? And Ahab said, well, there's one, but I don't like what he says about me because he never says anything good. And that was Micaiah. Micaiah prophesied disaster for the war. Ahab was not happy about that. And he imprisoned Micaiah and said, I'll deal with you when I get back. And Micaiah said, well, if you do come back, then I'm not a prophet of the Lord. And with that, they all went to battle. We pick it up in 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 29. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you put on your robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now, if Ahab didn't believe anything the prophet Micaiah said, then why did he disguise himself? We have no record of Ahab ever doing this in any other battle. And knowing what Micaiah said, why did Jehoshaphat go along with Ahab? Why did he go into battle? And why did he do what Ahab said in wearing his royal robes while Ahab disguised himself as a common soldier? We shall see that Jehoshaphat was a good king with many strengths, but his weakness, his Achilles heel, if you will, was in his alliance with Ahab and his family. He made peace with the king of Israel, and part of this treaty involved taking Ahab and Jezebel's daughter, Athaliah, as a wife for his son, Jehoram. That influence would cause Judah severe problems down the road. Verse 31. Now the king of Syria had commanded the 32 captains of his chariots, saying, fight with no one small or great, but only with the king of Israel. So it was when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, surely it is the king of Israel. Therefore they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out, in the previous battle with Syria, Ahab had spared Ben-Hadad's life when he pled for mercy and 
sought to make a treaty with Ahab. Ahab went ahead and made a treaty with Ben-Hadad, but was later rebuked by the prophet for doing so. Now, three years later, Ahab was breaking his treaty with Ben-Hadad and seeking to take back Ramoth-Gilead, which was taken possession of by Syria. This no doubt angered the Syrian king to the point that he told his captains to only kill Ahab and no one else. Now, when Ben-Hadad's captain saw Jehoshaphat dressed in royal clothing, they immediately thought that this was their man that they were going after, Ahab. But Jehoshaphat realized what was happening, so he cried out. And it happened when the captains of the chariot saw that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. Now, a certain man drew a bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. So he said to the driver of his chariot, turn around and take me out of the battle for I am wounded. It's interesting that Ben-Hadad's order to his captains to only kill Ahab really saved Jehoshaphat's life because when they realized that that was Jehoshaphat and not Ahab. They, they left him alone and uh, Jehoshaphat was able to escape with his life. Meanwhile, one of the Syrian archers drew a bow at random and struck Ahab between the joints of his armor. Now, really, was it at random? I don't think so. Because God had already said through his prophet that Ahab would not return alive, that he would be killed in this battle and that his army would be scattered, and that is exactly what happened. Listen, if the Lord decides that it's a person's time for the end of their life, then there's going to be some random arrow that comes and gets them, and there's no escaping it. God determines the days of our life, and God holds our breath in his hand. Verse 35, the battle increased that day and the king was propped up in his chariot facing the Syrians and died at evening. The blood ran out from the wound onto the floor of the chariot. Then as the sun was going down, a shout went throughout the army saying, every man to his city and every man to his own country. So the king died and was brought to Samaria. And they buried the king in Samaria. Then someone washed the chariot at a pool in Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood while the harlots bathed according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken. Now, earlier we saw that God sent the prophet Elijah to speak against Ahab because Ahab had taken his neighbor Naboth's vineyard and had ultimately killed him. Really, it was Jezebel that did it uh, by a false accusation of blasphemy against him. And then he was stoned to death. And so Ahab took his vineyard, stole it. And thus Elijah said, because you did that, then the dogs are going to lick up your blood. And so that's exactly what happened here, which is a great disgrace. And uh, even where the pool was that they used to wash the chariot where Ahab's blood had spilled to the floor. Um, that same pool was used by the prostitutes to bathe. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab and all that he did, the ivory house which he built and all the cities that he built, 
Are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab rested with his fathers. Then Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his place. So we don't have a record of the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. That's a lost book. Uh, but we do have archaeological evidence uh, there in Samaria. They discovered great deposits of ivory. So evidently he did have an ivory house there in Samaria. And his son Ahaziah now reigned in Israel in his place. Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa, had become king over Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Now we know that Jehoshaphat actually reigned with his father Asa. He co-reigned with Asa for the last three years of Asa's life as he was sick with the disease. But then Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned 35 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shilhai, and he walked in all the ways of his father Asa. He did not turn aside from them, doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away, for the people offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places. Also, Jehoshaphat made peace with the king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was a good king. There were eight good kings in Judah, of whom Jehoshaphat was one. There were four who were reformers, and Jehoshaphat was one of those reformers. So, a good king. However, the high places, the shrines on the high places where the pagans would worship, those still remained. Uh, Jehoshaphat did not completely destroy those. Now, the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, the might that he showed, and how he made war, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? There's a lot of great stories about Jehoshaphat, the war that he made. He came up against one enemy and said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And the Lord gave him a great victory. And so he ended up being a good warrior. And we will get to that when we get to Second Chronicles. And the rest of the perverted persons who remained in the days of his father Asa, he banished from the land. The perverted persons were the male shrine prostitutes who would be involved in the pagan worship. And Jehoshaphat got rid of them, banished them from the land. There was then no king in Edom, only a deputy of the king. Jehoshaphat made merchant ships to go to Ophir for gold, but they never sailed, for the ships were wrecked at Ezion Geber. Then Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with your servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat would not. Now, again, we will find out when we get to Second Chronicles that these ships that Jehoshaphat made, he wanted them to go to Ophir for gold. Now, Solomon had gone to Ophir for gold. But the problem was Jehoshaphat went into a joint business venture with Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, and God was not pleased with that. And the ships wrecked before they ever sailed. Uh, and so when Jehoshaphat was going to go again, Ahaziah said, well, let me go with you in your ships. And Jehoshaphat said, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so I guess he learned his lesson. And Jehoshaphat rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. Then Jehoram, 
his son reigned in his place. So Jehoram reigns in Judah. Again, he was married to the daughter of Jezebel, so that would lead him into problems, as we shall see when we get into 2 Kings. Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, became king over Israel in Samaria in the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned two years over Israel. He only lasted two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin, for he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger according to all that his father had done. So we end the book of 1 Kings. You'll recall it began with Solomon in his strength as the king of Israel and Judah, a united kingdom. It ends with a divided kingdom with the northern kingdom worshiping Baal and the southern kingdom with a not a good king uh, who was following in the ways of Ahab because uh, he was married to Ahab's daughter. So this is what the children of Israel wanted. You recall, they wanted to be like the other nations. They wanted to have a king. When the Lord had been their king, and they didn't want the Lord as their king, they wanted to be like the other nations, and this was where it was all going. It would get a lot worse, as we'll see when we get into Second Kings. In the end, there is no king like the Lord our king. Man simply doesn't seem to be able to handle the responsibility. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll return to the book of Exodus before moving forward into 2 Kings. We hope you'll join us as we continue studying the Word of God on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.